to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week to chew on God's Word and share that with you to hopefully encourage you wherever you're at today, at home, driving. Those are the only two things that I can think of. So we usually bring in uh, one of the pastors here and chop it up about this. And um, we have with us Sean Duncan. Hello, Sean. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. You bet. Um, You are, we're getting close. We're getting close. Second Timothy. I know, almost done with it. So where are we at this week? This week, uh, we're going to look at Second Timothy chapter three, verse 10, all the way through chapter four, verse eight. What? I know, big section. Wow. I know, I know. It's too much. Hold the applause, hold the applause. <laughs> All right, Chris, you want to you wanna read it and then we'll yuck it up? Yeah, okay. let's do it. Now you, following my teaching, conduct purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus." All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God might be adequate, equipped for every good work. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, extort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry." For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Hey, yo. Good job. (sighs) All in one breath. (laughs) (laughs) I held my breath the entire time. Uh, so just a reminder, this is Paul's last letter that he writes and he is in prison and he is basically awaiting his death. Like that, that's yeah. kind of, it's a final stage of his life. Um, so that's why here at the end, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. And in first Timothy, he even tells Timothy fight the good fight of faith. Hey, shout out college ministry, the good fight. Um, <laughs> Our college ministry is called The Good Fight, (laughs) not just because our church abbreviates to UFC. It does make it hard to Google. (laughs) But because of these verses, fight the good fight of faith. That faith is actually a fight. Um, It takes, um, in a way, effort or the way Jesus uh, will even talk about it, uh, pick up your cross and follow me or count the cost uh, Mm -hmm. before 
before and during. Um, uh, so the other analogy he says, he says, I have finished the race. And really what he's saying here is not just that he's like about to die, but he is saying that he remained faithful to Jesus till the end. Mm-hmm. Not everyone does. Some yeah. people like get close to the end and then they kind of drop the ball last minute. So, so Paul finishes the race. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you fight the good fight of faith? How do you finish the race? That's something I think we should all want to answer. Yeah. How do I fight the good fight? And I think Paul gives a very simple answer from the text that you just read. But before we get there, uh, this is one of the texts. Let's do some theology for a little bit. Let's go. This is one of the texts where we get um, we form our doctrine, as it were, uh, uh, the doctrine of inspiration. And even mm-hmm. your translation actually uses the word inspiration. It's, it's chapter 3, verse 16 of Second Timothy. My translation says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. It goes on. But yours says inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that is because that is the word that is used um, to to begin to talk about this doctrine. And, and the long phrase, the technical long phrase, would be verbal plenary inspiration. So let's start with inspiration. Inspiration is referring to the nature of scripture itself. That yes, it is a product of uh, of human effort. It's it's written by people who lived and breathed and spoke different languages and lived at different times and lived on different continents. In fact, the Bible has over 40 different uh, authors. It was written on three different continents in three different languages over the course of 1500 years. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's yeah. the, it, but it is the product of humanity. However, at the same time, the Bible is fully and wholly God's word to mm-hmm. us. It is God's very word. Verbal plenary inspiration is the doctrine and understanding of that idea. Verbal refers to um, the words themselves. Uh, verbal, not not um, not vocal, like not, not audible, but mm-hmm. just like a word, a verb or a noun. Those are inspired. Plenary, though, refers to both the part and the whole. So something as as simple down to whether or not a word is in the singular or in the plural. Go read Galatians chapter three. Mm-hmm. Paul makes a whole argument about whether or not the word offspring is in the singular case or in the plural case. Mm-hmm. So that stuff matters, but also the whole, like what is the entire message of scripture as a whole? That's also inspired. Verbal plenary inspiration, though, isn't just formed for, with this text. It's a few other texts as well. So 2 Timothy 3, 16, but also 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 through 21. Also 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, about how the, how the Spirit carries along that process. So um, with this doctrine of inspiration, it's, it's inspired, not dictated. Uh, it's a concurrent work of a holy God. And a fallen human whereby the Holy Spirit so moves human authors that God got exactly what he wanted, his perfect word, without compromising or destroying the personality of the human authors. Mm -hmm. So that's why Paul sounds different than Peter and why Peter sounds different than Moses and why Moses sounds different than Isaiah. And yet it's unified because it is God's word to us. Your translation says inspired. The Greek word here is these two words like pushed together. What's that called when you merge two words together? Conjunction? Uh, who cares? Anyways, <laughs> it's just two words pushed together. Uh-huh. Um, it's the word um, theos, theo, mm-hmm. or, which is God, and then neustos, which is like to breathe out. So theonustos, uh, it's God breathed. God breathed out. You know, if you breathe in, you breathe out, 
it's really should be called the doctrine of exhalation, right? Not inspiration. Cause you're it's, it's exhaled. It's breathed yeah. out. Yeah. But that is the idea of what scripture is. It is God's breathed outward. And anyone at home listening, they can, they can do this. They can put their hand in front of their mouth really close and they can say their name or, or hello, my name is Sean. And what you'll experience is you'll feel breath carrying your word. Mm-hmm. So God's word is breathed out. It's carried out by his spirit and it's his very word to his people. Now here's where it gets cool. Genesis chapter 2 God takes some dust He makes this little model Humanoid looking thing And then what does he do To turn it into a living being He breathes on it He breathes into the nostrils well, into it, yep. God breathed mm-hmm. And it, it, it animates Adam It turns him into a living being And in the same way God is reanimating us And remaking us uh, And, and bringing us alive in a new way, also by breathing into us through his word. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you not sit yeah. in front of scripture every day and allow God to breathe life into you? And that's why he says, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or the person of God may be complete or, mm-hmm. or made whole, equipped for every good work. As a Christian, you need the word of God. It is what completes you. Mm-hmm. That sounds a little cheesy. It's, it completes me, <laughs> you know, but it totally does. It is what yeah. makes you whole and prepares you for every good work. Brothers and sisters listening, you need the book of Leviticus. You need the book of Ezekiel. You need the book of Numbers, even the census at the beginning and the end of it. <laughs> Somehow and in some way, God is making you complete with those words. And uh, Sinclair Ferguson He said about the doctrine of inspiration, he said, the Holy Spirit has no bad breath, brethren. Mm. No bad breath. So don't avoid parts of your Bible. But anyways, I want to pull back to the question. Mm -hmm. How do I fight the good fight of faith and make it? How do I finish the race? I think there are two simple applications from this text. Number one, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Uh, And here is is why I say that we making it a, a habit. You need to read the Bible. And if you look at verse, uh, verses 14 and 15 it says, but as for you continue, this is Timothy continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it. That's a reference back to Paul, but then even Timothy's mo- mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings the Old Testament, which are able to make you wise. Okay. So we just categorized all scripture as type of wisdom mm-hmm. literature. Wisdom specifically is applied knowledge. So mm-hmm. it gives you knowledge to apply. Just like if I, I said, Chris, for your plants that are on your desk right now to thrive, you need to water them. You're like, oh, okay. And then you go and get some water and water them. Mm -hmm. That's wisdom. Mm -hmm. I've given you wisdom, knowledge to apply. So the Bible as a whole, it gives you knowledge to apply. Specifically, it makes you wise for salvation. Salvation is rescue. It's, It's being delivered from something you have no chance on your own of doing. You are incapable. Um, Salvation and rescue, it'd be like drowning out at sea. You cannot swim. You cannot float. You are sinking like a stone and someone jumps in and pulls you up out of the water. That's being rescued. 
You play no part in it. You are fully dependent on someone else. So the Bible makes you wise that you need salvation, that you need to be rescued. So being rescued implies that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Scripture also informs us the problem, even like we looked at last time I was on, is the problem of sin, that yeah. we're, we're corrupt through and through. So the Bible makes us wise for salvation through faith. That's the next key word. Faith, it doesn't say works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say effort. It says faith. Um, trust in someone else. Basically, uh, your salvation comes by trusting someone to rescue you. Whoa, okay. So the Bible makes us wise for salvation through faith in Christ, in the Messiah. The entire Bible points us towards the Messiah who Paul claims is Jesus and who we claim is Jesus. Messiah is his title. So the promise Messiah is, is the deliverer, the one who would rescue his people from their sins. That's what the Bible is is making us wise for. It, it draws us into faith in the Messiah who is Jesus. So that's why we should read our Bible every single day because the way we're going to fight the good fight of faith, you know, um, be equipped for our faith and to fight our fight of faith is to know who our faith is in. Mm-hmm. So we know the one who rescues us through scripture and we're reminded daily that we cannot save ourselves and we need to rely on the promises of God found in Jesus, the Messiah. So how do I fight the good fight of faith? Read your Bible daily because Mm -hmm. it reminds you that you cannot save yourself and you need someone else to do it. But the other thing I would say from this text is not only to read your Bible, but to fight the good fight by applying the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's it's breathed out by God. It's animating. And he he says it's it's profitable for teaching you, for for reproving you, correcting you, training you in righteousness. So all of that is under that umbrella of salvation. It not only saves you, but it also um it instructs you yeah. and raises you up in what you need to do. That's wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Wisdom again. And the only way the knowledge of me saying you need to water your plants. The only way that goes from knowledge to wisdom is you watering your plants. Mm -hmm. So I don't really care so much about how many Bible verses you have memorized as much as how many Bible verses you are applying Mm -hmm. in your life. Don't just read your Bible, apply your Bible. And by applying scripture, you're trusting Jesus every moment of every day for salvation and for deliverance. And in so doing, you are fighting the good fight and you will finish the race. That's how God keeps his people is through his word. Yeah. yeah. And one last thing to point out, that's all the stuff that the word does. And then Paul's appeal to Timothy, who's a pastor, uh, is found in verse two of chapter four. He says, preach the word. Everything falls underneath that umbrella. Preach the word. And then he says things like reprove, rebuke, exhort, well, those are all the things that scripture was doing yeah. that we just read in, in chapter three. It's as if you apply the Bible as a preacher, you do what the Bible does mm-hmm. and you say what the Bible says. And then, so he talks about the people with the itchy ears, you know, like some people are yeah. going to go after the messages that they want. The best preacher that you could find is one who says clearly what the Bible has already said. Mm-hmm. If your pastor does that, he's a great pastor. And it's like, even though the word of God sometimes rebukes us or reproves us or challenges us, God is shaping us and he's molding us and he's breathing life into us by doing so. Mm -hmm. So if you want to fight the good fight of faith, read your Bible, 
and apply your Bible and come to Jesus every day. Yeah. Amen. This book is stellar. It's a lot of fun. It's good. I like it a lot. Um, And I think this is, I don't know, maybe you can commiserate or share an opposing view, but it seems like commitment to God's word is a discipline that is really challenging to see people cultivate in their lives. Yeah. You know, when was the last time you read your word? How how much of your word have you been in this week? Those kinds of things seems a little sparser than might care to see. Yeah. And it's hard for various reasons. Um, One, the reason I think it is hard is because um, we have wrong expectations coming to the Bible of what it's going to be. You know, I just said, apply the Bible. Well, you might think that's just going to be like a, a list of, of applications, like things to do, but it's not. Mm-hmm. The majority of scripture is a narrative. Uh, so there's multiple genres in the Bible. The The one that takes up the most amount of space in your Bible is the genre of narrative or mm-hmm. stories. The second uh, the genre that takes up the most amount of space is poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a very, very small percentage that's discourse or like just like straightforward talking and, yeah. and giving. So that's important to know. It's a, it's a narrative and it's going to make you wise through telling a story. And we're actually, we actually know how to do stuff like that. We just approach it wrong. I mean, even um, the allegorical story, it's like an unreal story that has an application of the little boy who cried wolf. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell that story and you can like, you can class that bad boy up. Yeah. And it's, it's like fun. It's entertaining, but the story it shapes you and gives you wisdom to not lie to people. Because mm-hmm. if you lie to people, your your character erodes and then people don't trust you. And then when you do tell the truth, especially when it's a critical moment, no one believes you and people are harmed, including yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's a story that does make you wise. It's an allegorical story because it's not real that has real, real meaning. But the Bible is a real story about real people in real places. But the story is told in such a way that it shapes us and makes us wise to place our faith in Jesus. Yeah. So come to the Bible expecting to be told a story and for it to challenge you and correct you. And, and you're going to leave sometimes scratching your head. And that's actually the point. You're supposed to be like, what the heck did I read this morning? That was so, <laughs> was so strange. Yeah. Like, hold on, David. What did you just do with, with your eye on Bathsheba? Hold on a second. That doesn't seem right. I thought this was, this was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Let's chew on that one. Mm-hmm. Asking yeah. the right questions. And I think there's great comfort in knowing that scriptures is effective at yes. what it sets out to do. Yep. And God's word doesn't return void and it is active and living at work in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is some comfort knowing that you probably will have times where you go, yeah. I don't know how to make heads or tails of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's no graduating from the Bible. You just always grow in it. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't, you don't go through the Bible and, and exit the other side. You go down deeper into scripture. It's like mining. You have to, each time you want to dig deeper, you actually have to dig wider and then deeper and then wider, then deeper and then wider and then deeper to, to mine out the riches and the diamonds. Yeah. It's encouraging. Well, Sean, thank you so much for, for elevating for our listener the importance of God's word and Mm -hmm. helping us understand the context it plays in our lives. You bet, man. All right, guys. We will catch you on the flippity flop. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.